the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, post-Thanksgiving version Live and in broadcast color, Larry Rosenthal here this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing doing very well. I mean, I'm uh, you know the the question does beg. There's a few things that are on my mind here this morning. Did you get your Christmas tree up? First of all, actually, we did. Oh, awesome! awesome. We have something going on, and uh, uh, we went out and got it uh, yesterday. My son and I. It was a lot of fun. Well, there you go. And how about yeah. the Christmas lights? They're up yeah, too. Yeah, and uh, the lights are another story. <laughs> That's a major project. Not quite yet, though. Not quite yet. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, good morning. Um, Good morning and welcome, everybody, to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. I'd like to continue our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our listeners now for a handful of years nationwide, border-to-border, coast-to-coast on Sirius XM Family Talk Channel 131. Let's just jump right into it, Chris. You know, a little emotional about the stock market yesterday? Huh? <clears throat> What's going on, you know? Well, let's take a look at this. Let's break it down. Let's unpack it. Let's get our heads back level here and, and take a look at what's going on, right? Uh, first of all, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, do not store up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but rather store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He continues there in chapter 6 of verse 24 and says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, right? So let's take a look at the markets here and what's happened here. You know, we had a lot of shock and awe yesterday afternoon with this new COVID strand coming out of South Africa. Okay, and, you know, 
guy I, we all hope it we all hope it's benign we all hope it goes away very very quickly okay but you know <clears throat> the markets here domestically well all around the globe actually got got hit pretty hard as a result of this uh, the dow was down two and a half percent the s p two two a little over two and a quarter same with the nasdaq two point two three percent and so forth and so on just right across the board nothing but red in the markets yesterday as a result of fears of a new strand that could, you know, shut down things again, right? So, so let's go back and take a look at at what's happened in the past when we have market pullbacks. The break down the difference between a market pullback, a a correction, a a bear market, and a recession, if you will, right? You know, what what is the story here? Well, well, usually we have about three pullbacks a year of around five percent. Okay, and since since 1945, we've had 84 pullbacks of between five and 10 percent, and the average has been about seven percent. So, so out of those 84 pullbacks, with an average of seven percent pullback, the average length of the decline is about one month, and the average time to recover is about one month. Then, when you get into a a bigger pullback. You know, a correction, 10 to 20 percent. We've had 14 of them since 1945, and it's lasted on the average about four months, and it's usually taken about four months after that to fully recover. So when you stop and you look at this, you know, you, you, you realize that, that the markets do have pullbacks from time to time. The question becomes this. Here's the question on this. What is the triggering event of a market pullback? You know, the markets have been on a nice run for a handful of years now, right? We obviously had a big pullback when COVID-19 first hit, right, back in early 2020, and that market recovered. So did the economy very quickly. As a matter of fact, it was the deepest, quickest recession we've ever had and the, and the fastest recovery to all-time highs we've ever had coming out of it. And now we're getting another pullback, which, Chris, we haven't had a pullback in, in this year pretty much. You know, for, for 2021, now we have one, and the triggering event is yet another strand of COVID, right? The question is, from the medical community, you know, it seems over the last 24 hours, we've had all types of, of uh, you know, reporting on this. Some, some saying, you know, things, yeah. look out. Some saying, hey, wait a minute, the science isn't in yet. This may not be as bad. We have to wait and see. Bottom line is this, is what, how is this going to affect your investment portfolios, right? What are you going to do about all of this, you know? And, and so Friday equities obviously sold off pr- pretty much, you know. Um, the stocks that were hit the most were stocks that were linked to sort of the reopening of the economy, you know, your leisure stocks, uh, travel stocks, things like that, they were hit the most when it, when it came to this sell-off, right? Now, now obviously, they were down the most when COVID-19 originally hit. Mm-hmm. And for those that, that made some buys in that, they've enjoyed a nice run-up in there. But these stocks are very, very sensitive to economic expansions or contractions. So be careful. My guess, Larry, is that we're not done with the sell-off because, you know, you were thinking if it's Friday, you know, not nobody was working in the stock market on Friday, at least not you, a New Yorker at that point. But so probably Monday we may see a little bit more of a sell-off. What do you think? Well, the markets were open on Friday. 
That's what I mean. But the, but nobody, not everybody was at work. I mean, it's a Thanksgiving weekend. I'm just wondering if other people are going to kind of wake up on Monday morning and say, oh, no, or whether or not it'll start to bounce back. Good question. That's man. the question, Chris. Yeah. That is the question is, is this a buying opportunity? Is yeah. this a buying opportunity that people have have been waiting for for, for quite a while? You know, you take a look at this real quick and, and, and um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have money on the sideline, okay? There, there's still money on the sideline, and they've been waiting for a pullback, right? Yeah. And guess what? Here it is. Yeah. How does it feel? <laughs> now you want to put money in the market when, when the market's hurting, okay? This is nerves of steel time, right? You know, there's a lot of people out there, Chris. You always hear them, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait for the next pullback, and I'm going to drop my money in back into the market, you know? Well... Here it is. Well, How does it look? Well, some say that we're up for a correction anyway, even before the COVID news. That, that maybe That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, mar- the, the markets have been pushing up. They've been doing what you call climbing the wall of worry. You know, mm-hmm. one of the speed bumps that we just got passed, uh, which sort of smooths some things out, is, is President Biden reappointed Jerome Powell mm-hmm. to a second term as the Fed chair. Okay. Um, uh, the, the, the vice chair, Brainerd, um, you know, was nominated, but but they 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 stuck with Powell, which I I think was a good choice, right? The now, he's effect, he's kind of viewed he's kind of viewed to be less dovish mm-hmm. than Brainerd, uh, but you know what? I mean, Powell's Powell's been pretty dovish all along the way, and it's probably going to continue to be so, you know. But one of the interesting things about the Fed watch this past week was when some notes were released of of prior of the prior meeting last month. You know, they're they're talking about, you know, continuing this tapering down of the bond buying program, ending it sometime mid next year and then looking to raise rates. There are some Fed officials right now that are saying, hey, you know what, we probably need to start looking at raising rates, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, <clears throat> which tells me that the economy is strong. The economy is sturdy. The economy is organically growing and expanding. And that's fantastic news when it comes to 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 what we want to do. We will, we eventually want the Fed to back out and to let the economy do its thing, right? That's what we eventually wanted to do, you know. The question becomes how soon will they do that and will they do it too aggressively? Now with this new strand of COVID, it looks like that they, uh, you know, might might tap the brakes on that conversation a little bit. We'll just have to wait and see. The, the, the information is very, very new out there, you know, and we'll find out, you know. Uh, but, you know, hey, Goldman Sachs just the other day came out and, and said that they, they expect – Rates to be hiked, you know, middle of next year, sometime in the summertime next year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then and then a couple of more in towards the, the third and fourth quarter of next year. So we'll have to see what happens. Again, that bodes well for a good, good, strong economy. When you have that economy expanding and growing, rates are going to naturally go up a little bit, but the, you just don't want them to go up too much where it stymies the growth and then you roll over into a recession. And, you know, that's that's the that's the big issue. That's the guessing game with it all, Chris. So you get back to, you know, waiting for a pullback in the market. Right. Waiting for a pull. And we'll have to find out what happens on Monday, you know, with with this market and Tuesday and Wednesday this week as more and more. Uh, medical news comes out about this, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see what, what's going on with it all. You know, is it time to get really defensive or is it time to take advantage of a, of a small, you know, interruptive uh, type of a pullback, a buying opportunity, you know? And there's all kinds of stats out there on this and articles and things like that. 
And one thing's for sure, you know, I would always bet on America. I'd bet on American companies. I'd bet on free open market capitalism. I'd bet that the market at some point down the road is going to recover and be higher than it is today at some point down the road, right? So that begs the question, how do you get into the markets? How do you go about doing this? You know, you, you listen to, to shows. You listen to the television, you know. I mean, I've, I've, you listen to print media. You, you read that stuff. And, and they say, you know, well, wait for a pullback and dump the money in, right? <laughs> or you do dollar cost averaging all along the way where you put the same amount of money into the same investment at the same interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, biweekly, whatever it may be, regardless of the price of the investment. That gets you the average price throughout the, the, the life of the investment that you're in. No dumping. You know? No dumping. And, and then, and then, yeah, and then you, you, the other one is just buy and hold. Mm. Okay, you got the money, put it in, Right. And, and, and hold on to it. There's a good chance that, that, that if there's a pullback at some point down the road, you could probably still end up with higher performance if you just bought way back when, when you said, mm-hmm. hey, maybe it's time to get in, right? Buy and hold strategy. So how do you do all of this, and what's the best way to go about doing it, you know? Well, bottom line is this. First thing you really need to do is take a look at your risk acceptance level. You know, to break it down very simply on a risk scale, one the most conservative, ten the most aggressive, where do you want to be? If you say, hey, I'm right in the middle, I'm a five, okay, then that's how you design your investments, both the bond investment piece and the stock investment piece. Because you can have risky stocks, you can have risky bonds, you can have conservative stocks, and you can have conservative bonds. And you get that mixture in there, and you, you do an analysis on it all. Uh, the, the next thing that you, you want to take a look at then is also your time frame. You know, if your time frame's way out on the curve, why would you not put the money in when you're looking at the history of the stock market where it just continuously goes up? It goes up on an ascending scale upwards, right, but up and down as a roller coaster. You know, so, so the, the stock market will push forward. It'll pull back. It'll push up. It'll pull back. It'll push up. It'll pull back. All along the way, it's been an ascending scale. And so you have to really align yourself with, <clears throat> excuse me, time frames in your investments and, and take a good look at, at when volatility hits, such as this, what's the mixture of your risk versus, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the, the risk equation, I should say, of how, what's the uh, anticipation of how far down your, your por- portfolio will drop versus not. You know, this is something called beta. What is your beta of your investments? You know, you take the, the S&P 500, and it has a beta of 1.00, Chris. Mm. So, so, so the beta measures the risk. If you have a beta of, let's say, 0.85, that means that you're 15% less risky than the market. And let me tell everybody here this. Today, it's the end of November. It's a great time to really take a solid look at your investments. If you want to get an analysis on your portfolios, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, RosenthalWealthManagement.com or LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to show you how to do a risk assessment on your investments. You know, with the markets as high as they are, okay, and with this possible new COVID strand coming out, you want to make sure that you can make that that you are at least have an opportunity, an educational basis, to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time to lock in some performance numbers. On the other hand, maybe you're going to look at this as an as an income. Uh, I'm sorry, as a buying opportunity if you're more long term, uh, range bound in the market. So, hey, don't I know we got to take. A- don't you always say? And just just a quick question for you, and I and just to be the safest overall. 
and get the most bang for your buck, isn't it the dollar cost averaging approach? Isn't that the best way over time? Well, dollar cost averaging, Chris, again, is where you put the same amount of money into the same investment, regardless of the price that week or that month, whatever interval you're putting it in. That's going to give you the average price over time. So dollar cost averaging, that sword cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. Stop and think about this for a second. Let's suppose you want to put uh, $12,000 in the market, just so I can do math easy, right? <laughs> okay, so you're going to say, I'm putting $1,000 a month in over time, okay? You put the first $1,000 in in January, and the market, let's suppose, does a 10% return that year. Well, the January number, the January $1,000 is going to have a better rate of return than the June thousand dollars that went in versus the december thousand dollars that went in right Mm. unless unless the market is flat all year long takes a dip in october pulls back 10 percent, and then you put your october tranche in you could end up with your october money giving you a better return than the january through september numbers there's no way around predicting what's going to happen you cannot predict it when it when it comes to this so dollar cost averaging is the best way to get the average price of your investment all along the way it won't ensure the best rate of return but it'll give you an average price along along the path of of your market investing and that's where you really take a look at you know Hey, look, why not just put the dollars in, right, and let it grow over time if you have time? And then wait for pullbacks like this. When everybody's nervous, that's when you want to go in, okay? Dip a little and, more in on And I find, it, I find it funny when a lot of people say, well, hold on a second. You know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until there is a pullback. And then there's that pullback that comes in, and they go, oh, it doesn't look good. I'm going to wait some more. You know, <laughs> They're still sitting there not keeping pace with taxes and inflation. Yeah. So you got to get in the game at some point, and that's where portfolio construction, portfolio allocation, and design according to your risk, time frame, taxes, liquidity needs, income desires, things like that all play, play, play a very vital role in it all. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. <clears throat> you know what? It's Open Mic Saturday. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. It's Open Mic Saturday, which means... Means any questions at all, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. 
To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Got to make Bob work a little bit here this morning. We need some of those phone calls to ring, so give us a ring and talk to Larry. It's Open Mic Saturday, Larry, and it's a great time to call. And Mike Saturday, questions. Chris, any subject to matter at all. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. definitely fun. Yeah. Hey, speaking of different subjects, right, what about Medicare? Medicare, Medicare. premiums, okay? <laughs> They're out now for 2022. 15%. Increase in standard premium amount over 2021. Wow. That can be a big one, right? That can be a big one, you know. Uh, So let's take a look at this here. There's something called IRMA, which is income-related monthly adjustment amount. So if your adjusted gross income, let's take married filing jointly, for example, is $182,000 or more then you're going to pay each month $170.10 in your Medicare premiums, okay? Um, And then the fee just keeps going up, up, and up from there. It's means-tested, no doubt about it, okay? It's means-tested. My my point is this, is that so many people make a mistake when they look at making stock transactions or, or especially Roth conversions. This is a real gotcha. You know, the Roth conversion goes into your adjusted gross income, and that definitely affects your Medicare premiums. So a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people, you know, across the country say, you know, I, I converted money into a Roth, and now, now my, my Medicare premium's going up. And, and that's exactly right. So, so when you're looking to do a, 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 an analysis, a tax analysis of where you are when it comes down to your, your taxes and Medicare and things like that, you know, you got to take a look. You have to take a look at, at where your adjusted gross income is before you consider, before you actually pull the trigger on making a Roth conversion. So what happens is, is you need to carry a spreadsheet of all of this year by year to see how much you can convert from your traditional IRA over to your Roth IRA so that you don't end up paying an unnecessary amount of Medicare premium tax, you know. Um, and so, you know, a lot of this is still going to fold out here once the Senate get, gets, gets a hold of the Build Back Better uh, proposal that the House put through, and they're going to make their changes on a lot of things uh, as far as all that goes. So we'll see how all that plays out if they make any changes to Irma or Roth conversions or the tax brackets or different things like that. But stay tuned for all of that. As soon as all that comes out uh, and the president signs it uh, and it gets accepted and the president signs it back and forth there, we will be coming out with webinars uh, for this uh, pretty frequently. You know, because this is going to be some, if it all goes through, there's going to be some sweeping tax changes and it's going to really enable people to to uh, 
consider where they might need to be changing their investments around to just based off of tax legislation. Would, would you, like if, you were, if you're thinking about it, would you jump on that Roth conversion now just in case it's going away, which it could be? Well, I have not seen anything about Roth conversions going away, Chris. That's mm-hmm. not in, 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 in no, anything in that the House put forth. Okay. But they did put some stuff in there about not being able to do the backdoor Roth anymore. That's what I meant. Yeah, the backdoor Roth. Yeah, so those are two different things. So there's, there's, there's a few different ways that somebody can put money into a Roth IRA. One, they can make a contribution where you just say, hey, I'm going to write a check and I'm going to put it into my Roth IRA. So if your income, if you qualify with your income limits, you can just write a check and contribute to your Roth IRA. Piece of cake. The, the next way to do it is a conversion, okay, where you go ahead and you take money from your pre-tax traditional IRA and you convert it into your Roth IRA. And that's a second way that you can put money into a Roth IRA, okay? And then the third way is if you have money that if, if your income is too high where you cannot qualify to make a contribution into a Roth IRA, you can do what's called a backdoor Roth where you make a contribution into a traditional IRA. You do not deduct it. And then you take that year's contribution and convert it to a Roth. That's called backdooring an IRA, okay? Uh, that's the proposal piece that they're, that they're talking about getting rid of. And it affects high-income earners, people that, that make too much money. I think it's over 204000 or 208000 or something like that for 2021. They, pre, they, they exclude you from making a, contrib- a regular contribution to your Roth IRA. So the people do the backdoor method. They make a contribution to a traditional IRA, they do not deduct it on their taxes, and then they convert that year six or $7,000, whatever it may be, right into the, the converted Roth. That's what they're talking about doing away with. So, so um, you know, not to repeat myself again, but those are the three ways that you really get money into a Roth IRA. Hmm. Uh, and, 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 all, and, and a couple of them affect your taxes, you know, and especially when, when people are retired and they're on Medicare, and now all of a sudden they're having to pay an extra premium in their Medicare because they made too big of a, of a Roth conversion. Excuse me. Bless you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, um, But anyway, so that, that's the deal on, on Roth conversions. And, and, you know, and I was speaking with somebody the other day, and they were talking about, well, you know, if tax rates go up next year, should I start using my Roth IRA right now? Now, this person was, was in their early early 60s, and I told them, no, you probably shouldn't because you want your Roth, you want your tax-free money to grow a lot higher, okay, for a longer period of time. So sometime when you're in your, your 70s or your 80s or your 90s, that's when you want to look to consider pulling money out of your Roth, okay? Uh, and at some point down the road, be, you know, between now and the next 50 years of our life, Chris, taxes are going to go up and down, right? They will. At some point, you'll be take, you'll say, hey, it's, it's, it's wiser now to take money out of my pre-tax account. At some points down the road, you'll say it's wiser now to take money out of my Roth. At some points down the road, you're going to say it's wiser to take money out of a combination of both. And that's sometimes a year-by-year conversation with you and your financial advisor, your tax preparer, things like that, uh, because you want to be as tax-efficient as you possibly can. And now would be the time to have that conversation, wouldn't it, at the end of the year? Without a doubt, man. We're we're having those conversations all over the place. Yeah, you definitely do. But, you know, you're also, you know, chasing a – you know, dog chasing its tail, too, at this (laughs) point in the conversation because you don't know if – what or if anything's going to pass, right? We just mm-hmm. don't know yet. 
So we have an idea of what's been proposed, but we just don't know what all is actually going to end up uh, uh, having as, as far as that goes. But I do have one thing to tell you, though, Chris, which uh -oh. is, you know, we've talked about we've talked about, uh, you know, the markets being high and different things like that. You know, stocks are, though, actually getting cheaper. Really? They're getting cheaper on a relative value perspective to where they were a year ago. A year ago, the, the P.E. ratio in the S&P 500 was over 41. I mean, it was crazy. Today it's at 22, which is still very high. But the reason stocks are getting cheaper on a relative value is simply because the earnings in that P.E. ratio, price divided by earnings, the E, the earnings, has been going up. Mm. So that means that the price is in relative value is actually coming down. Price, stock prices are more attractive these days. As long as earnings keeps on climbing, that P.E. ratio could actually start to drop back down again. How does okay? the strength of the dollar fit into all of this? Is that an inflation question or is that – how does the strength of the dollar fit into where? You all, know, of, we, all of this got, discussion. I mean, because it, doesn't that have something to do with, uh, I mean, how much we have to pay for stuff? The strength of the dollar, right? I mean, that's the idea. Sure. The strength of the dollar, be it weak or strong, if you're going to buy a domestically made product, it doesn't matter to you. Gotcha. If your dollar's strong and you go to Europe and it's stronger than the euro, then you have more purchasing power. If it's weaker, you have less purchasing and power. And it affects the vacation industry, too, I would imagine, too. Pardon me. It affects the vacation industry too, where they're you know it's, it's, it depends if it if it's cheaper the here than or cheaper domestic, there. It doesn't yeah. matter, but yeah. if it's international, that it then matters a whole lot. You yeah. Know? And 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 you know you can list up half of our corporations in our country want a strong dollar, and the other half want a, <laughs> want a weak dollar. Yeah. It depends on what their business is, right? You know, it really does. If 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 your business is in the U.S. and you're an exporter, you want to have a weak dollar because that means international money has. More buying power, can you can sell more of your products, whereas flip it around the other the other way. So there's two sides to the dollar, okay? And the dollar is going to keep going up and down in value the way it always has for generations, mm -hmm. okay? You know, right now the dollar is strengthening. Why? The dollar is strengthening because interest rates are rising. The Fed has been pouring money into the economy. When you create new dollars, when you, when you print more money, it weakens your currency. When interest rates go down, it weakens your currency. That is slowly changing. We're not putting as much money into the system anymore, which by definition means there's less dollars. So it's going to strengthen. And as interest rates are rising in the market, that's going to create um, a, more, a, a stronger dollar as well. So, so we're going to be in a rising dollar environment, you know, at least that's the way it, it looks. We'll have to wait and see, right? You know, although the 10-year note on Friday really dropped hard as a result of this new COVID strand. So, so we'll, we'll see what the deal is, you know, and, and, you know, probably this time last year, the, the, there was talk that the Fed wouldn't even think about raising interest rates until 2023 or maybe 2024. Now there's talk about them raising them seven or eight months from now. You know, so so things change all the time. One thing you never want to try to do is predict interest rates. Right. You never want to do that. I don't know anybody that can do that as far as as far as it all goes. So, hey, I see we got to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. Let's keep those phone lines open today. It's open mic Saturday. Any questions that you may have at all on your investments, retirement plans, estate planning, buying, selling homes, properties, whatever it may be, wills, trust, your 401Ks, the government TSP, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. 
listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. For you to pick up that phone and dial right now to talk to Larry Rosenthal live and ask any questions. The end of the year questions would be good ones right now or thinking about the beginning of next year, 855-767-3123, Larry. Well, Chris, speaking of the end of the year questions, you know, <laughs> holidays are always a good time to, uh, you know, take a look at things, you know. Uh, periodically, you got a handful of big holidays throughout the year. You want to take a good look at things. You know, uh, one 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 quick uh, review is to start thinking about your will, your trust, your beneficiary forms. Do you need to make any updates there? You know, did we, do we have a new birth in the family this year? A new marriage? You know, different things like that. Do we get a new asset? Is everything up to date with our beneficiary forms, our will, our trust? Uh, you know, what about your home? How's your home title? Things like that, you know, review your, your automobile, your homeowner's insurance coverages as well. Um, you know, what needs to take place in order for your financial plan to be accomplished, right? W what has to take place? You know, do you know what, what, where you are when you're at where, right now where you stand pacing towards your objectives and your goals in, into your financial plan, you know. And, and that, that brings up some, some in, interest, interesting information, too. There's, there's some, you know, from EBRI uh, 2020 uh, numbers, latest ones that I have here, it's showing, it's showing that, that seniors are carrying more and more debt into retirement. You know, those that, that are 75 and older with debt, you know, there, there's uh, in, in 2019, actually, this is the latest number here, 28% of them had, had credit card bills that they could not pay off. Um, you know, housing debts as well, 50, over 50, 51.4%, um, you know, were carrying debt that they kind of wish they didn't have while they're, you know, over 75 in retirement years. That's a big burden on your cash flow, you know, and and you know one one of the things that that's really neat I, I I see a lot of is when we start working with a client who might be fifty fifty five something like that, and we start getting them on a debt reduction program over the years until they get debt free. You know now some of them might have a mortgage or or something like that, but 
but um, uh, getting them, getting people debt-free is a way that you can go about doing this uh, to make your retirement spending, your overhead in retirement, a whole lot easier as far as all that goes. And let's welcome Kathy on the line from Virginia. How are you this morning, Kathy? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Hey, uh, well, we have a family member who is elderly, and they want to give us a large sum of money, like almost 200000 because they're just trying to kind of give it all away before they go, I guess. And they have mm-hmm. so much they can't spend it. So I'm just trying to figure out what the tax, tax implications of something like that would be for us and maybe even what they could do with it. They say if they reinvest it, that they'll just have to pay more taxes and so they just want to give it, you know, to family members. So, you know, what maybe what could they do to maybe not have to pay taxes on it, invest it, or use it somehow? Or if they gift it to family members, what are the tax, tax implications for those family members? Sure, Kathy. Let's take that one first. You, as the receiver of the gift, never pay taxes. Okay, you don't have to pay oh, any taxes okay. on that money. How's that sound? Makes you feel good, right? No, no matter the amount, because I always thought that there was some like no matter no matter the amount. Okay, now hmm, the giver okay. may have to pay tax. All right, now they're allowed to give fifteen thousand dollars tax free. For example, mm. let's suppose that that I don't know who these people are. Let's just suppose that your mom wants to give you fifteen grand. If she gives you sixteen grand, then that thousand dollars comes into question over the fifteen grand, right? But your dad can give you a thousand dollars. Your mom can give you a thousand. I'm sorry. Your dad can give you fifteen thousand. Your mom can give you fifteen thousand for a total of thirty, right? Okay. Your mom. Okay. Your mom can give your husband fifteen thousand. Your dad can give your husband fifteen thousand. Now we're up to sixty thousand dollars right there. See how that works? Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's single. Unfortunately, they they got divorced a while back, so it's just him. And so you say that he could give my dad, you know, my husband, me, maybe a couple of my kids. You know, exactly. He could give it to children. You oh, can okay, give fifteen thousand gotcha. dollars to anybody, even Chris, right here on the air. He's waving his hand. Yeah. Give it to me too. Okay. Put your hands up here. All right. I'm like, I'll take it. Yep. Exactly. Can I be adopted? No. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, okay. So so now now here's where it gets a little tricky, okay? And then I'll tell you some other strategies too cuz you really outlined a, a, some very interesting opportunities here to deliver even more tax-free money to whoever your dad or mom wants to give it to, okay? Mm-hmm. And and so so if they go over that $15,000 limit, then they're going to have to pay a gift tax on that. Okay. Now they have okay. up to a million dollars of lifetime exclusion on that, so they just have to file an extra form so that hmm. they start chipping away at this million dollars at some point down the road. Okay. But the benefit, hmm. the answer to your question, the receiver of the gift never pays taxes, no matter how much it is. It's the giver that that has that is subject to the taxes okay now the second part of this is you said they 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 don't want to reinvest it because they're just going to end up paying more taxes on things one of the ways mm-hmm. that they can look at doing this though is is reinvesting into some ETFs or some tax free scenarios but if they put money into like an individual stock that doesn't pay a dividend or very little, or ETF that doesn't pay a dividend or very little, one day when they pass, the beneficiary will receive a stepped-up basis and get the whole thing tax-free. 
and it's very, very small and sometimes no taxes along the path while that money's being reinvested. That's one way to look at things. The next way to look okay. at things is to simply take some of this excess dollars and put it into what we call a wealth replacement program, okay? And, and inside this wealth replacement program is an insurance policy, either an old or a new, new uh, insurance policy. So, for example, if your dad were to give you $15,000 and then he were to pass the next day, you would still have $15,000 in your account, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if he were to put that $15,000 into a wealth replacement plan, that may generate an insurance policy of maybe $250,000 completely tax-free. So so okay. what a lot of yeah what a lot of people do in this scenario is they take a small percentage of their overall wealth. Let's suppose your dad just to do math easy has a million dollars. If he were to take 1% a year, that's $10,000 a year. If he were to take that 1% interest a year and put it into this wealth replacement plan, that may generate a few hundred thousand dollars of tax-free insurance that can go to the heirs as well. Okay? So there's a handful okay. of different ways that 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 this presents an opportunity. I tell you what, um, you know, if if you'd like some information, I'll be happy to send it out to you on all of this. Oh, that'd be awesome. What, so one more question. So does it matter if it's cash or say he wants to go buy one of the kids a car that's over fifteen thousand? Is is it if it's, it's like a tangible item? Does it still come into play? It it kind of does. Yeah, I mean, I I would talk to okay. your tax preparer about that. Um, you know, let's let's see how how you can uh, well, work with that. Maybe his name goes on it or something uh, jointly. Okay. You know, just I'm not too sure about how that would actually fit. Um, mm. You know, but it, but it it would be a gift um, in, the, yeah, in the most okay. technical in the most technical terms there. So talk to your tax preparer about that. As a matter of fact, I can send you some information out on that. Let me put you on hold, okay. and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll give you some information on wealth replacement planning as well as the gifting rules, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. I'll put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Brian on the line from St. Louis. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Morning, Larry. Thanks for having me on. Sure. How can I help hey, you, sir? I had a follow-up question from the caller you were just talking to. If your relative added them onto their checking account, let's say, and to where when they pass, it transfers upon death to them. Is there any tax implication for them as far as income when they're added onto the account or when the original account holder passes and now it transfers to them because they're on the account as a, as a holder? So, so from an income tax standpoint, no. The, the, if it's an investment account, I'd rather them not be added be, because they would lose the stepped-up basis. For example, if you've got a hundred grand in an investment account, and you get added to that account when it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand, and then the person passes, now you've got that account at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You're going to have to pay taxes on that fifty grand when you go to sell it. Uh, on the other hand, if you were simply named as TOD transfer on death beneficiary. Then you receive that $150,000, you get the stepped-up basis. You can sell it and pay no tax on that $50,000 of gain. As far as a checking account being added to it doesn't really bother me from a tax standpoint. 
because there's really no growth involved with it. Now, from a liability standpoint, that can be an issue as well. If you put a child or somebody else on your checking account and there's a good amount of money in there and something happens, God forbid, like a car accident or something like that, and they get sued, they can attach that checking account, okay? So, so um, you know, you just want to sort of be aware of those types of issues from, from that standpoint as well. I actually did a webinar not too long ago on this exact subject right right there, plus plus the other caller too, and, and well, some, some of your questions as well. So if you want, I'll be happy to send you out some information on that and, uh, you know, uh, go from there. And each, each family's, Brian, Brian, each family's situation is going to be a little different from a liability standpoint with that if something were to happen. But remember, when, when you're a joint owner of something, a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got 50% of this. I, I can get 50% of the money. No, you can get 100% of it. When you're a joint owner, both people have access to 100%. They have access and control to 100% of those dollars that are in there. So that's why you want to make, make be careful when it comes to you know, doing that from, from, from the standpoint of a liability. God forbid should something bad happen. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Yep. Let me and, put you yeah, on hold and uh, – Bob will get your contact information, and we'll, uh, we'll have someone give you a follow-up to maybe explain it a little bit further for you, okay? Okay, great. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof make sure your insurance is aligned properly make sure you have the right types of homeowners auto umbrella disability long-term care life insurance just to name a few financial planning starts with a firm foundation and that foundation is your insurance then take a look at your cash flow are you able to save money save it in the proper places retirement planning traditional iras traditional 401k plans roth iras make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. We appreciate your phone calls at 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio. Larry. Let's welcome Terry on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? 
I, my question is, if someone leaves you uh, money as a beneficiary, do you have to pay taxes on that? Yes and no. It just depends the origin of that money. How's that for an answer, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay, you... so if, if the money's like pre-tax IRA money, money that's never been taxed before from like a retirement plan, then mm-hmm. yes, that will be subject to income taxes. And there's a, there's a few different ways that you can pull that money out um, to, to minimize those taxes or stretch them out over time. So if the money, if the origin of the money has never been taxed, and it's an it's a retirement account. Then yes, the beneficiary is going to have to pay taxes on that. Yeah, it if, was a retirement. Uh, it was a retirement account, so like for five thousand dollars. Okay. Now, is this a did the did the person that passed were they a spouse or a non-spousal beneficiary? Um, n- uh, they were no, they were not. So they were a non-spousal beneficiary. The, the money went to a non-spousal beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Did the person pass uh, this year or last year? Yes, or? just recently. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm sorry sorry to hear about this this loss of yours. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. if if the um, if if so, here's how the, the here's how the tax rule lays out on this, Terry. If you um, are the beneficiary, as an example, and the person that passed is less than 10 years younger than you, okay, then you can stretch this out over your lifetime. If you receive this from somebody who's greater than 10 years, if, if you are greater than 10 years younger than the person that passed, then you have 10 years before you have to pull the money out. You can still let it keep on growing or you can pull a little bit out each year. How old was the person when, when they – 89. And how old are you? 74. Okay, so then you fall under the, the, the new rule, so that means that you have until uh, – you can let that money sit there and grow tax-deferred compound interest for as long as 10 years, but by the end of 10 years, you have to pull all the money out and pay taxes, or you can pull 10% out each year, or you can take a little bit out this year and nothing for the next three or four and then pull a little bit out uh, in year five and seven and nine or whatever it is, but by the end of 10 years, you have to pull all the money out. That's the way the tax rule works based off the origin of that money in your case, okay? Okay. Yep, so the big, the bigger question goes to, you know, how does this fall into where you want this money invested and things like that. If you like, I'll be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit, and uh, you can fill that out, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call, see how it aligns with your other investments, okay? So my thing is if I put it in my checking account or money market account, uh, that's not what I should do? Well, you'll pay tax on it all. If you break the seal of the IRA, you'll pay tax on it all that year. So I don't know if you should do that or not. If you need the money to live off of, then you're going to have to spend it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really don't need the, the money to uh, to live off of. I just took it and uh, put it in my uh, money market account. So I was just wondering, you know, when it came time for me to file t- taxes, I could just pay the taxes on it just outright then, huh? Yes, and then it'll be after-tax money for you. That's perfect. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Uh, Bob, is there somebody online too there? Let's try that. Hello. Yes. You're ahead. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Uh, yes. 
Um, good morning, Mr. Rosenthal. Uh, I would like to know, I am 62 years old. I really don't know what to do. I don't have a lot of money, but I do have a little bit that I would like to utilize. Um, I don't have anything saved, just the TSP. And uh, But I did come across some money, but I paid off all my debt. So I'm not my insurance company. They do do some investing, and they do 529s. I'm not for sure if I should, what I should do. I'm not for sure if I should go there or what. Sure. So what we need to do is sort of draw a line in the sand and and ask the question, if you keep doing what you've been doing, where are you going to be down the road, right? We need to make sure that you're, not only are your expenses being met today, but 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now on into retirement. So I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit, and that's going to okay. help us give you the answer to these questions. And I'll put you on hold, and Bob will give you a, Bob will pick up and get your information, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call and, and answer these questions for you, okay? Uh, because we've got okay. to see what's inside your TSP, what your income needs are, what your tax scenario is. All that kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll have someone give you our financial planning toolkit, okay? Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Robert on the line from Tennessee. Good morning, Robert. How are you? Morning. Very good. Thank you. How can I help you, sir? Uh, uh, I have a friend that's up in age and uh, will pass away in the next couple of years. He's asked me to be the executor of his will, and I'll probably end up with whatever, whatever he owns, which isn't a whole lot. It's a couple life insurance policies, some cash, and he doesn't own a fairly new car that he owes money on yet. Uh, how can I keep from a uh, – uh, what's the best way for me to handle that and also to keep from getting taxed on the money that might have left over? Well, Robert, the the question to taxes depends on the origin of the money, like the prior caller. If the money that you're going to receive is coming from a pre-tax retirement account, then you're going to have to pay taxes on it when you pull it out. If the money is coming from a Roth IRA, it's going to be tax-free. Okay, if it's coming from life insurance, it's going to be tax-free. Okay, Pardon me? yeah, life insurance. It's yep. basically life insurance. Yeah, so so that okay. money, the 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 death benefit proceeds of a life insurance policy is 100% income tax free, um, unless it's a corporate thing or whatever, which is not. So so um, the so so from that standpoint, it's tax free. Okay, uh, then you just need to settle out the estate, you know, um, and kind of go from there. But you're not going to have to worry about the the uh, life insurance being taxed to you. What about cash? And he also owns a motorhome that's paid for, but it's an older one. But <clears throat> so you know those those. So the asset of the motorhome, you know, if it's in his name only, you've got to you've got to f find out what the probate limits are or minimums are in Tennessee, right? And so one thing that he can do is he can he can attach a beneficiary form in Virginia. It's called TOD, transfer on death. It's different in each state. He can attach a, a, a beneficiary form to that motorhome and name you. That will avoid the probate distribution, the time frames, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the lengthy time frames and cost of probate being distributed to that motorhome. 
Robert, listen, I've got to I've got to close out the show here in just a few seconds. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll pick you back up in about one minute just to finish the answer to your question. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, that's another show here. Four is in the books, Chris. That kind of went bag. fast today, you know. Uh, but it always does when I'm on the air with you. So it's a good thing, right? So, hey, check out our website. Go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletters. We send out market commentary and things each week to keep you informed. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Already, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.